Wide Web has long been host to copied and pasted stories of an apocryphal nature. These stories came to be known as Copybusta, and then the creepy variant emerged. Welcome to Creepypodsta, the Creepypasta podcast. Hello, it's the show. I'm Jeff, the host of the show. You're listening to the show. <laughs> One more time, I'm going to say the show. Uh, it's the new year now, right? Let me look at my calendar again. Let's see, we're recording now on December 2nd, 2017. I have next week's to post on the 7th. I recorded the 14th and 21st this morning. Yes, uh, the last episode that came out was December 28th, so this episode will be coming out on January 4th, um, which is the first day of MAGFest. So I guess I'll have to make sure I edit this before I leave for MAGFest. Um, Welcome to this show. <laughs> uh, happy, ha- happy New Year. I wish I could say Happy New Year and not hesitate, but um, I mean, the last two were bad. This one is probably going to be way worse because as more time passes, uh, e- even though we have arbitrary uh, lines like the beginning of a year or whatever, it does not change the fact that time's uh, plotting forward uh, just brings us closer and closer to nuclear annihilation. Um, But maybe this year, uh, in 11 months from when you're hearing this, we'll be able to... We'll still be allowed to vote. Uh, I'm still convinced that midterm elections are going to be cancelled because of uh, some reason, Antifa super soldiers or something. Listen, uh, it doesn't. It, it all in the end. Just remember, none of it matters. We're all going to be dead anyway. So even if it's yeah, all horrible, eventually it'll all by be the time the same. you're hearing. By the time you're hearing this, every single one of us will be dead. Yeah, including the people hearing this. Yeah. The only uh, podcast will be shared by Christian Bale in an underground bunker, <laughs> reenacting them for his children. Perfect. Was that a movie he was in? Uh, that was a vague reference to Reign of Fire. I believe oh, Christian yeah. Bale and some other people act out Star Wars for the other leftover that's, people. That, that, that's like one of those weird cult classics that I, I don't, I've never seen and I don't know anyone else who's ever seen it, but it has like a bunch of famous people in it. It's got like Matthew McConaughey Indeed. and Christian Bale and Gerard Butler. I'd say it's definitely worth a watch. Hmm. Just don't get your hopes up uh, too high. Like you could sell it for a watch, a nice watch. This is this mm-hmm. is a post-apocalypse where it's dragons that uh, destroy the Earth? Yes. yes! So it's it's apocalypse escapism. I see. Uh, so the director has also made uh, the movie Elektra and the X-Files movie. Oof. So, gosh, I don't have high <laughs> hopes for seeing Reign of Fire. Maybe it doesn't uh, hold up as well as I remember it. <laughs> People seem to like it. I don't know. I have the X-Files uh, does, movie on VHS. He's directed 28 episodes of Castle. I don't see that either. <laughs> 
Uh, I mean, that's fun, I think, that, like, if, to just, like, direct TV, get to do a couple of feature films that people don't like, but that were probably fun to make, and then just go back to a really cushy job directing a TV show that everyone's mom watches. Sure. <laughs> that's probably a fine career. Anyway, uh, this is a show about creepypastas, not about television directors. Listen, we can't we're covering tomorrow. Yeah. Well, I mean, Poirot was also the trash of the time. It was great. That was the castle of the turn of the century. (laughs) My mom watched it, and that's why I watched it, so you're right. Uh, Oh, yeah, I guess that's um, the TV show version. Yes, the only version. There's books. No. (laughs) What? David Suchet is the only version. Agatha Christie was the law and order of her day. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, anyway, uh, please welcome back to the show, Scott Martinek. Hi. And Catherine Marino. Hello. We're talking about another story from Saya in Underworld. Uh, the only reason anyone would go to Blogspot anymore. Uh, it's a more recent story. This one was posted May of 2015, and the comments were all like, oh, you're back, hooray! (laughs) Um, and if I scroll down to look at the blog archive, uh... May of 2015 is the most recent post. I, this is the f- so far final story posted mm. to Saya in Underworld, unless I click on the homepage here and there's some other story. Oh no, looks like there was a couple posted uh, after this one. This this is the third to last story posted on this blog, um, where a person named Saya translates Japanese creepypastas, many of which come from... 2chan, some of which are just anonymously posted, uh, and we don't know the source. Anyway, um, Homecoming. Let's see. There's some footnotes that I want to get out of the way first. Uh, There's a time period in Japan called the Golden Week, where there's a bunch of public holidays that come right in a row, so people end up having about a week off uh, from late April to the beginning of May. It's like spring break Um, with a reason. Yeah, exactly. Um, people graduate from university in April, um, and there's a term called uh, shakaijin, um, which means a full member of society, uh, and that uh, they translate to uh, they translate something that is since I became shakaijin to since I began working. Since that usually full member of society means someone who has a job. Uh, Tochigi is a prefecture in the same region as Tokyo. Um, there's a couple other translation notes that don't matter particularly well, uh, that I can get to if we get to them. Um, Catherine, please go ahead and lead us through this tale. Okay, so it's blessedly short, (laughs) because usually I end up picking up really long ones. Like, I think it's a short one, and it's really long. No. This time is short. Yeah, last week's last week's story was uh, fairly lengthy, considering but, the length of the other ones on this blog. But I, I remember I accidentally picked one that had like five addendums to it. Like, whoops! Oh sorry. yeah, which one was that? I don't remember. I don't either. Yeah, there's a lot oh, of the, the orange, mostly. Was it the story. oranges one? Yes, the that's right. The, the woman with the oranges. Because uh, so many stories that are posted to No Sleep 
Uh, you can't tell how long they are until you get to the end and you see if there's a part two. And that story had like five parts at least. <laughs> um, well, we covered one a few weeks ago, Search and Rescue Woods, that was seven parts. And the audio version I listened to was two hours long. Oh and it has spawned this entire fictional world that is like full novels worth of... Uh, stories about search and rescue officers in the woods. Well, that's but actually we mostly pretty cool. just covered. Wow. Yeah, we mostly just covered the beginning. That's going to be season three of Channel Zero, the sci fi anthology series that is adapting creepypastas to TV shows, huh. which I thought would be, I thought that would be a bad idea, but uh, people really seemed to like the No End House season. And uh, we had Nick and Tosca on the podcast for episode 53, which was our review. Uh, and just an interview with him about season one of the show, which adapted Candle Cove. And uh, yes, he so. seems to be a really he seems to be a really smart guy who understands the sort of collaborative nature of television production. Um, and uh, I hope the show's successful both creatively and financially. Um, anyway, back to this story. <laughs> Congrats on the person for doing the thing. Good job, everyone. <laughs> okay, so in this story, um, the uh, narrator has uh, gone home for spring break. I'm just calling it spring break. <laughs> it was golden week. It's golden week. Okay, and um, they are driving home, and um, there's a big traffic jam, and they're pooped, and they finally get home, um, and when they take a break at the rest area and kind of take a nap. And um, then they go home, they get home, and it's, ten, it's like 10 p.m., and, but, like, things don't feel quite right in the house. They don't really uh, jive with ghosts or any of that stuff, but they're like, this feels wrong. And um, the parents were still, they were up, they are waiting for them, and they, you know, blah, 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 talk, catch up a little, and... Then they say, um, you should stay here with us permanently. And the narrator is like, oh, that's, that's so sweet that they're thinking about us. Like, you know, you, uh, you, can, you can move back home anytime you want. You know, that thing that uh, parents say. Yeah, parents. Yeah, except the ones who are like, you're never allowed to come home. Uh, <laughs> go get a job. But this person already has a job, so they're like, you should move in. Anyway, um, but it still wasn't feeling quite right. They go to bed. And um, they can't really fall asleep, and um, then they kind of wake back up around midnight, and um, there's no lights on the house, so parents are probably in bed. Uh, they go to the kitchen to get something to drink, and there's a really bad smell. And they open the fridge, and the light in the fridge does not come on, and um, they use their cell phone to uh, uh, flashlight the fridge, and um, all the food in there is rotten and old and decayed. And the expiration dates were from five years ago. And um, they're like, what the hell? And they run to their parents' bedroom, but um, they're, the parents... In the story, it says uh, there's no trace of them ever having slept in there. And the... Uh, translator explains that their bedrolls weren't rolled out. It was just like, you know, empty. Like, like the bed was unmade, or, or the bed was made, and they weren't slept. Some blah blah blah. 
It said it looked like it hadn't been slept in, yeah. and this is where we get the translation note. Uh, the original text reads, no futon had been spread. Yeah. Uh, and in tr- traditional Japanese bedding, their beds don't just stay out all the time, um, but are basically a bedroll, and yeah. you sleep on a little soft cushion on the floor, and then it gets put away so that that room, yeah, so that room can be used for something else when you're not sleeping. Yep. And um, so the narrator uh, has been feeling more and more creeped out, obviously, and this is the end of the toleration of the creepiness. And they take the time to pack up their luggage, run to the car, and get out. And in the rearview mirror, they see their parents, um, and they're standing there watching them, and uh, standing there watching the narrator drive away. And he's like, ah! And... um, so they go back to the rest stop, go back to sleep because they're exhausted, and wake up the next day, like in the afternoon, and um, they try calling the house just to see what would happen. And the mom asks the phone, answers the phone, and the narrator's like, what was up with that? And the mom's like, you never even got here. What was up with you? <laughs> and... Um, they go, the narrator goes back to the house. It's just normal as they expect it. Nothing's creepy, no rotten food. Uh, the parents are normal. And then the narrator goes uh, to return back to Tokyo, back to work and all that. And um, then they get a call on their cell phone, and it appears to be from their mother, uh, but it sounded strange and the narrator again senses evil presence and she just says come back and then she hangs up or I don't know I know why I assume the narrator was a she but I just did and uh, they hang up the phone and in my head they threw the phone out the window of the car but they didn't actually do that (laughs) yeah that doesn't happen in this story (laughs) but that's what I imagined (laughs) because that's what I would do yeah there's another weird moment in the story where the narrator just trails off, uh, oh, and yeah. that's translated a little strangely, and that was the final translation note. Yeah, uh, the narrator says, in the house, two was perhaps dot, 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 dot. And, oh, and the, it looks like the translator assumed the narrator was a he. Did it, did it ever actually yeah. say... I don't think, I don't think the story says. Maybe there's something in the untranslated version that would indicate, although I think that Japan, uh, that Japanese is a fairly gender neutral yeah, language. Yeah, it is, but um, maybe something. But to... it's been a long, it's been a long time since college, so yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't know who knows. But, uh, they're just leaving out the part where they're just implying that the house was not, probably not the real house, perhaps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I almost mentioned this before we even started recording, before Catherine was even on the call, that um, there seems to be a trend in this, on this website and in sort of Japanese horror, uh, maybe more generally, but I know especially the stories we've covered from this site uh, on the show, there seems to be this weird 
trope of going to a place that seems familiar but actually isn't. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like mysteriously wrong somehow, and there's no indicator of why or what caused the change or how to fix it. Which is always creepy um, and fun. Yeah, this. Uh, I know in general, Japanese ghosts are like. There's not as much um, logic necessarily to it. It's just like. It's unfixable. Uh, yeah, there's. You can get out of it, but there's no way to just make it go away. Mm. Like, um, even uh, Sadako from The Ring, it's like they figure maybe putting her body at rest will make the haunting not happen, but it doesn't. Right. People still die from watching the tape after, after even after Sadako is at rest. Um, and there's the other that urban legend of uh, the red paper or the blue paper when you're in like a bathroom and then a ghost. If you say the red paper uh, tears all your skin off, and if you say the blue paper suffocates you to death. Um, you say no thank and, you and just walk away they're like uh <laughs> yeah exactly you just have to say no thanks um there's another woman who has like a bad horrible face uh who comes up and you she asks if um I think she asks if she's pretty or not mm-hmm. and yeah. if you say if you say yes she accuses you of being vain or um, lying or like or lying uh, and if you say no she's mad at you for being mean and she kills you in either way and to get away you just have to be like please I don't have time for yeah, this I gotta I get leave. to class sorry <laughs> See yeah. later. Uh, so I, I, I really like that sort that uh, sort of through line of just like there's no actual way to stop these ghosts you just have to not participate anymore or just do um, some like temporary stuff to appease them but it's not gonna fix it it's just gonna make them possibly make them a little happier for a little while but <laughs> you're going really you know, it's interesting away. that the moral seems to be that the correct solution is to ignore normal social politeness mm. Yeah, because there's, um, I know, built into the language a lot more formality than we are used to um, in English or even in, like, romance languages that we learn in in high school or whatever. Um, And uh, language, I know, definitely informs culture um, and vice versa. So, yeah, there's, there's... I think that the indication that I get uh, trying not to speak about a culture that I'm not a part of uh, is that the like going outside of a socially acceptable answer is something you wouldn't necessarily think of and that's why it's the solution yeah it kind of like breaks the computer program it's like yeah <laughs> Uh, Scott, how did this story strike you? I know this was not, uh, this was Catherine's choice, and compared to the other story, it's much shorter and more clear. Yeah, was, I, I thought it was short and sweet, because the last one was all over the place. Yeah. Um, I, I enjoyed this one. It's very, it's a very simple, sort of recognizable ghost story, if you will, if they were ghosts. Um, it's... I think sometimes these things can the, the the writer has a tendency to put in too much information and yeah. this one avoids that and just like this is what happened 
this is how I felt and this is how I feel about it now years later like they don't they don't go home as much anymore uh, because of what happened so yeah I I liked it I thought it was it's not the scariest story I've ever read but there was sort of a an authenticity to the to the spookiness of it yeah uh, I'm interested to know what the like story behind the ghost is. Like, why did the food expire nearly five years ago? Mm-hmm. Um, was the main character at university for uh, about five years, or because uh, that seems possible? Mm. Um, I don't know. Um, I think it was. I think the expiration dates were five years ago because. Um, just like in the U.S., um, university for a regular kind of bachelor's degree in Japan is four years, and this person had now gotten a job, What? so that's an additional probably a year, and so that's five years ago. So I guess this house is from when they left to go to college. Yeah, maybe, because uh, it, it says they had just graduated from university, but it, it's not specific. Um, yeah. Although I would assume because it's Golden Week, uh, that they had just graduated, gotten a job, and like were ready to go all within that same span of a couple weeks, but who knows? Yeah. And then add some time for expiration. Yeah. Because uh, <laughs> hopefully the food you have in your fridge is not expiring today. <laughs> I mean, could well. be. Uh, <laughs> anyway, let's, uh, Let's go for our spookiest parts. Uh, Scott, what's the spookiest part of this story for you? Um, for me, I think the phone call at the end was probably the spookiest part. Because uh, the, the whole thing, the whole experience at the house is is spooky itself, but the phone call implying that whatever this was that happened to the narrator is still out there waiting for them is pretty terrifying. Yeah, yeah. Like maybe they'll be tricked going over to a friend's house, and that'll be full of mm. ghosts and rotten meat. Um, mm. Catherine, how about you? What's the spookiest part for you? Um, I think the whole concept of um, things getting stuck in time and places getting stuck in time and just existing in this like horrible state, which is something I think about a lot. And I blame it on seeing the Langoliers when I was little. (laughs) (laughs) Because then, like, I I think about time a lot and the strangeness of it and how um, subject to interpretation it is and uh, thinking about, like, something getting stuck and not moving, which is kind of how I saw the story. Mm -hmm. Like, like I said, the expiration date seemed to be around when the person left for college. So, you know, what if a version of your parents gets stuck, you know, in their house and your home gets stuck and no one can leave and they want you back because they're stuck there alone from when you left. And, or, and I don't know if the person who wrote the story was thinking of it in terms, probably in their own terms of how scary that'd be to go home and your home is all, gross and old but i also think of i think about it from the the viewpoint of what if your parents were stuck there and slowly went crazy and haunted and you know like from different people's perspectives in the story like how would that be scary for them too 
Yeah. So just the general concept of the story I found open <laughs> to many different creepy thoughts. Yeah, this sort of idea that you can't ever really recapture the past, that you can't go home again, mm -hmm. um, uh, manifests, of course, as spooky monsters. Um, and all of that is fine, but for me, the spookiest part is the image of the parents or not parents in the rearview mirror just standing there. Um, yeah. That, uh, uh, I'm very audiovisual when it comes to horror things. Concepts are fine, but it's uh, spooky images that do it for me, like your tall man walking through the door and it follows, or... Um, mm -hmm. Like the Slenderman images are scary, but the story is kind of eh, mm -hmm. um, that kind of thing. So if the fact that this story was able to create these uh, images for me uh, was was scarier to me than the concept of walking into a ghost house, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're more in it for the sights and smells, and <laughs> yeah, I want it to smell real scary. <laughs> Some high meat. Gotta sniff that high meat. Uh, do we have Do we have any final uh, final thoughts about this before we get into our plugs? Did you ever? My thought is: Did you ever see um, the original of what was the movie they remade as American? The one with the the cell phones and the uh, frequency. Oh, the original frequency. Mm -hmm. And they recorded the person moving backwards as their, and then replayed it. Or the person walked forwards, and they played it backwards, and that was very creepy looking. I, I thought that image might have creeped you out. Frequency wasn't. Uh, I thought that was American first. Um. It was just recently no. a TV show on the CW. Um, oh, I did not know about that. Uh, unless you're thinking of something else, because... <laughs> I'm thinking of the movie. Okay. The movies. Uh, I'm seeing a movie with Dennis Quaid and Jim Caviezel. That's the one I was thinking of, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, that, this, um, I think might have been remade in Korea... Uh, and I know it was adapted into... Yes, it was a Korean version that I saw. Yeah, that mm. was a remake of the American version uh, in an unusual oh, switch. Um, and then the... <laughs> yeah, it's usually the other way. Yeah, the, te the television <laughs> adaptation was... Um, was it... Maybe it wasn't this one. Yeah, maybe I'm not thinking of the wrong... It's the one where they tape all the windows up? Or maybe it's a self... Oh, come on. There's so many of those. Oh, How am I supposed is to it, are you thinking of One Missed Call? No. Because that's a spooky cell phone okay. one that was, uh, I think, a, a Japanese movie. No, I don't know. Oh, yeah, that was actually a remake of a, a relevant to Scott, uh, Takashi Miike, a right. Japanese horror film uh, that the American version is very bad. I, I think I know what you're talking about with frequency, but I, it's, I think there might have been something else that has, like, the same concept signal yeah tv korean police drama yeah, called yeah. signal um no. that is um i think the same idea as yeah there's a walkie-talkie that lets a detective in 2000 talk with a cold mm -hmm. case guy in 2015 so i don't think it's That's officially a remake of frequency huh. but it is pretty much the same concept as frequency 
Yeah. I I honestly cannot tell you which. There's a, I spent a summer with my friend. We watched every single um, Korean, Japanese, uh, you know, every that area of the world concept of horror movies as we could find. And if there were any American remakes, watching those too, so we could compare and contrast and have fun. And they all kind of blended <laughs> together in my head now, unfortunately. So Signal does not seem to be a horror thing. So maybe that wasn't okay. what you were thinking of. Yeah, it was definitely horror. Then the person, oh, maybe it, was, okay, no, maybe it, it must have been one missed call then. because Pulse? Pulse? What's Pulse? Pulse, I've heard of that one, but I haven't seen it. Yeah, that name sounds familiar. Pulse movie. I want to find this out. Uh, yeah, now I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> oh yeah, Pul- Pulse is a 2006 remake of a um, of a Japanese movie. Uh, Why Pulse that? is uh, da, 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 da. ghosts invading da, da, the world da, da. from the internet. That might be it. Yes, and finds room entirely plastered in red tape. This is it. Yep, and then Brad Dorif yep. is in the Wes Craven uh, written remake with Kristen Bell and Ian Somerhalder. Huh. Mm-hmm, this is great. Cool. Um, I think, yeah, I think this is the one, and it's just the creepiest movement. I, I remember my friend and I watching this person come out from behind a couch and do this creepy <laughs> movement, and we're all like, we're both like in the house like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, if you can find that scene, you should watch it. Oh, Brad Dorif only has a original. cameo. He he is in it as thin bookish guy. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, uh, uh, yes, there were two bad sequels to this too. Oh, Ricky Lindholm is in it as someone named Janelle. This is fun. This movie came out in two thousand six, so that's kind of before. Yeah. Uh, oh, Oct- that was the American version. Octavia yeah. Spencer and Sam Levine are in it. <laughs> Kristen Bell's Kristen Bell's the lead. Yeah. I guess just getting off of uh, Veronica Mars and not having anything else to do. Um. Anyway, that's did we all went through our spookiest parts, right? Yep. Okay. So yeah. let's get into our plugs then. Scott, tell the people about <laughs> the things that you do. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Scott Martinek, and I'm I'm just filming random stuff right now with some people. Nothing's available yet, so. Like, just kind of, you know, look out for me. Just look out for me, please. (laughs) Uh, Did you ever get through all 100 films of Takashi Miike? No. uh, Yeah. In the Miikast. So I had the uh, the Podkashi Miikast, where uh, our intended goal was to to watch, rate, and review uh, every single Takashi Miike film. And that is on indefinite hiatus, unfortunately. Uh, My partner that I recorded that with uh, switched jobs and we ended up just working completely opposite schedules where I'm getting I'm getting home from or I'm getting up and ready for work when he's getting home. So it just became untenable at a certain point. Yeah. So at some point I would like to get that up and running again in some form, whether it'll just be me with guests or me with a different host. But yeah, I'm really, I'm really disappointed that stopped before his big hundredth film blade of the immortal came out because that was a cool film. And I was really looking forward to covering that on the show. 
but it was n- stupid. Light. Not even his only uh, manga adaptation this year. He also made a JoJo's Bizarre Adventure movie as his 101st first film, right. and was the uh, general director of a TV series. I assume that's a role similar to showrunner. Mm. Uh, boy, he ju- he's made two movies a year for the past. 10 years yeah. and then 10 years ago in 2007 made five movies. Yeah, he made he made that Terraformars movie too which uh I haven't seen it. Oh, the, yeah, the reviews for that were year. not great, but yeah, he's been doing a lot of he seems to be Japan's go-to a big budget uh anime and manga film adapter currently. Which is kind of yeah, cool. Yeah, which is pretty good. I guess uh they enjoyed um what was it? Uh, Ace Attorney enough that they're like, well, he can adapt any sort of video game or mangas that we throw at him. That is a fun movie, too, I gotta say. Uh, anyway, uh, Catherine, where can the people reach you to interact? Um, I am on Twitter as Xyloart, X-Y-L-O-A-R-T, and pretty much everywhere on the internet is that. And you can also actually find me on Facebook, Catherine Marino. I, pictures of my cat. Uh, always, always pimping this. <laughs> don't friend me on Facebook. Um, yeah, don't do it to Jeff. Just me. I, go if you want it to Jeff. Do it to me, and then be tortured by pictures. It's uh, it's not a big deal if you've done that. I just don't want to be friends with uh, like random strangers. Um, <laughs> but you can follow me on Twitter, J3FK. Uh, Instagram, I think, is a little more fun. Uh, that's Jeff JK. Um, you can go to patreon.com slash jfjk and give me $1 per month. And for that, you will get all of the digital rewards, which includes, uh, I believe I've gotten a full year and a half without missing anything. I think two or three times, two or three times I've posted like on the first day of the next month rather than on the last day of the month, just because I forgot or something. Um, it still counts. Yeah. Uh, but it's time is a flat circle. <laughs> exactly. Two two audio pieces and something written each month. Usually it's readings of stories we've covered on this show. If you want to pay more, you can get more stuff. Uh, I've been sending letters to people at the $10 a month tier, but I feel bad at making that tier so much, and I also would feel weird lowering the price of it. Um, I might change the $10 tier because what I've been doing is putting in like extra treats like steam codes or something just to make it feel more worth it. Um, so I might add an extra tier where it's like just a letter and then keep the $10 tier and be like, also explicitly you get, uh, like extra treats in your letter. Uh, and then the $15 tier, I will send you comic books cause I have too many and I want to get rid of them. <laughs> Um, I've had <laughs> this is really I applaud you on thinking of that as a way to get rid of all your stuff yeah. because it's great uh-huh. you get actual people to pay you to take your thing yep I had um, one person who was at the $15 tier and then uh, backed down and then another person stepped up like the next month so I've been able to Sweet. send out little packets of comic books each month for uh, and they can't a while. complain because <laughs> it's just you get what you get yep uh, I would like to announce my new podcast, Yard Sale. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, if you need a, a late Christmas present for someone who you didn't see over the Christmas season, but will be seeing soon now in the new year, Etsy.com slash shop slash Fun Times Online, you can get a Perler Bead Sprite made by me. Uh, 
That's it. That's I have one. It's great forever. Oh yeah, you got a Snorlax door hanger. Yes, <laughs> I love it so much. Uh, that was a special commission. You can click yes. on there to do a special commission with me. Past guest Nick Wood uh, wanted the um, Splatoon characters as amiibos, so we worked out a deal, and I added those to the shop afterwards. Um, and then someone else ordered a Splatoon uh, magnet. So uh, work out a commission with me. If it's something that seems like other people will like it, I'll also add it to the store afterwards. Uh, or you can just order what's in the store. I have a bunch of Mario's and stuff, whatever. It's all good. Um, that's it. That's all we have to do for... Um, that's all we have to do for this show. Uh, come back. <laughs> Thank you.